0: You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care. Whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we get into tonight's episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group, Panthers on Tap. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Panthers on tap. Rice, and it, it's an exciting time right now. NFL Combine back in Indianapolis after a year off because of COVID. We got over 300 prospects on hand as teams try to figure out what they're going to be doing this offseason. A big position of need for the Panthers this year and really the past Uh, several years has been the offensive line and we got a special guest with us joining us this evening Bryson Mason Miller offensive line coach at Mississippi State he's been Charles Cross's position coach the past two years coach Miller thank you so much for taking the time I know you guys are on a busy schedule to talk a little football hey no problem thanks for having me well let's jump right into it You've coached at Mississippi State, most recently at Washington State. You've developed some of the nation's best offensive tackles. Guys like Andre Dillard come to mind, first-round pick for the Eagles in 2019. Where does Cross stack up with some of the guys you've coached?
1: Um, I, you know, I get asked that question a lot. You know, we had Corbett, who's, at, uh, who's playing guard now for the, the Rams. Um, uh, but he was a left tackle. Uh, I think, uh, you know, and then Abe Lucas is also coming out in this draft that we had at Washington State. I think one of the things Charles is most gifted as is his ability to stay smooth and plain throughout the game. He doesn't get too rattled. I don't know that he's as explosive as Andre, uh, but I do think he's is more consistent in some of his things. And he can kind of gauge the speed of the game. He's got a natural football instinct.
0: Now, we're joined by Mason Miller, offensive line coach, Mississippi State, on Panthers on tap. Coach, if you go back and just, if you can think of one play from cross that sticks out, um, that makes you say, yeah, this guy is going to be special in the next level. Is there anything that comes to mind?
1: Yeah, I I think a couple, uh, one, more particularly in the run game, uh, he cut off the, three technique for Alabama and, and basically sat the guy down. And I just thought to myself, that's, that's really hard to do against a great football team. Um, And then obviously going in that game, he was going against Willie Anderson, who I think is one of the premier pass rushers uh, coming out of this league and and kind of, you know, handled himself. And, you know, Willie's very talented and he's got, he's got a great upside in his future. I kind of wish he was coming out right now, but, uh, that you know he he's had so many plays. I think the biggest thing is his mentality to play the next play, and he stays consistent and everything he's doing. Bryson, do you have a question?
2: Yeah, I, I was just gonna uh, thank Coach for coming on again, and um, just wanted to uh, kind of get the other end. Is, is there a specific area in your time working with Charles that you think that he can use some work on at the next level?
1: You know, obviously, you know. His ability to anchor at that level, he's got such great, great twitch and and bend at the hips and he kind of sinks his feet behind him. Uh, I think that's always going to be a challenge, especially with some heavier ends coming at him. Uh, I know he's up to it. Uh, And I think also in the, in the run game, he, he was pretty good at running people off the ball. And I think finishing people in the run games, you know, something we don't do a lot, but at the same time, he's got the ability to do it.
0: Coach, that leads me into my next question. Mike Leach, he likes to throw, like, he likes to throw 50, 60 times a game. Um, what do you say to teams that are worried about crosses, run blocking ability? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'm, I know that I'm sure there are some teams that are concerned about that.
1: You know, I've always thought that is a, you know, one way half dozen to another. If you're an athletic guy and you can bend and you'll run off the football, I mean, you're going to do it. I mean, you look at teams who only run the football and then they drafted tackle and they were worried about his pass protection. You know, I think the number one thing that most NFL teams are concerned about is protecting their, their investment at quarterback. So you better be able to get a guy and protect him and, and keep him upright. Uh, you know, and I think the running the ball is a mentality, which either you have it or you don't, uh, you're tough enough to do it or you're not. And I think Charles falls into the category of being tough enough to do it
0: we got to squeeze in arm length. I know it's a big topic, at least among Panther fans. Matt Rule is a big proponent of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. He likes tackles with long arms. What did Cross – I don't know if you guys – I'm sure you know this. What did his arm measurement come in, if you can tell us, at Mississippi State? And do you share that same sentiment?
1: Uh, Yes, I agree with Coach Rule. Um, I've known Coach Rule for a while now. Uh, um, I don't know. I just know they're long. You know, you can generally tell when a guy's almost about to scratch his kneecaps if he's got long arms or not. Um, so, yeah, I think Charles – I'll be curious to see. And that's a great question. That's something for me to
2: look forward to. So so you do tend to agree with Matt Rule on the arm length for, for left tackles?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the number one thing is you can have long arms. I mean, we've got a shorter guy right now. He's probably like the wind character out of Georgia. Uh, those guys are only like 6'2", but they've got long arms and they can get their hands on people, you know. Um, you know, it's all about separation. What Last one here, Coach, before, before
0: we get you out of here. If the Panthers do draft Cross at number six, what as fans can we look forward to? What type of player are the Panthers getting?
1: I would not be surprised if he wasn't immediately impactful in your community. Uh, I've told people the number one attribute of Charles Cross is his, his personality and who he is as a human. Um, he goes back to Laurel every summer, does a kid's camp even when he was in college. Uh, I think if the world had 10,000 more Charles crosses, we'd be off in a better place. So I think that's going to be the immediate impact. You're going to find a steady guy uh, on the field and, and a guy off the field that's going to be steady, too. He's going to be one of those guys that I am not shocked uh, that he's going this high. I know some people are because of his age, um, but I think it's more about his work ethic and his per- personality, excuse me, uh, that, that are going to carry him a long way. And he's going to have a long career.
0: That's pretty big, high praise from you, and that's that's good to hear. Sounds like a great guy on and off the field. Well, Coach, I just want to thank you so much. Bryce, do you have anything else to add?
2: No, I just I just want to thank Coach for coming on. I know it's a busy time, spring spring uh, football uh, coming up, so I wanted to thank you again, man, uh, for your time, and we really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you, guys.
0: Take yeah, care. Yeah, thanks so much co- for Hill coming State. on, and we wish the Bulldogs success this upcoming football season. Thank
1: you. Hale State.
0: We just want to thank, again, Coach Mason Miller for coming on. He's the offensive line coach at Mississippi State. We truly appreciate him coming on the Panthers on Tap podcast. It's a big week for these NFL pro- or these prospects coming into the NFL at the Combine this week, so we just appreciate his time. Bryson, I wanted to get into a couple things here as we head into this week because I feel like this is truly the start of where these teams either are getting ready to take care of their own free agents, looking at other free agents, talking to other teams, because all, basically all the executives are in one spot in Indianapolis. And I feel like this is kind of where the ball starts to get rolling on some of these prospects in the draft and also other free agents out there and guys on teams and trades and all that. So today, um, Daniel Jeremiah joined the Rich Eisen Show, and he said that Carolina from everything he's been told um, they are dead set in an offense alignment. And, and he said, and to me, it was like put to me from somebody who's tight in there with those guys. So tight in the organization, no matter what, give them an offense alignment, even if you think it's a reach, what did you, what do you think of that? Um, is that come to us as a surprise to you
2: or are you not, you're
0: not shocked at all?
2: Um, yeah, I think a little bit. It just, for me, it really depends on what they do in the free agent market quarterback-wise. Obviously, if I think that, you know, they're sitting there at six with Sam Darnold as, and P.J. Walker as the only quarterbacks on their roster, it would be a surprise to me if they, you know, sit there and reach for an offensive lineman. But there's been reports, multiple reports, I think, even today, that, you know, Carolina is definitely going to be in the quarterback market, uh, free agent quarterback market, and um, trade-wise. So, uh, you know, it depends on what they do there. Um, obviously it's not too much of a surprise either way, just because Carolina needs offensive linemen. We had the, one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year. I think statistically we were 31st. So I don't know how we're not, we weren't 32nd, but yeah, we, we were 31st, uh, Miami was the worst technically. And, um, you know, I just looking at the roster, it shouldn't come to surprises, come as a surprise to anybody, but, um, you know, it depends how the draft falls and who's there, who's available, what quarterbacks are there, what tackles are there, what even like a center like Linderbaum from Iowa. Um, It would just really depend on the situation for me. I don't think that they should have the mindset offensive lineman or nothing there Um, because of all the reasons I just mentioned that, you know, it depends on what happens in the free agent market, the trade market, and then what happens in front of them in the draft. So uh, I don't know. If Dan, you know, Daniel Jeremiah could just be blowing smoke. It's so early in the draft process. If they're giving away that they're dead set on offensive linemen already, then that just confirms everything that we think about Matt Rule and his tenure in Carolina. So, um, I, I would take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, as of now.
0: Yeah, jumping off where you ended, I kind of agree. It's it's too damn early. It really is. I don't I don't care what these guys or they call ourselves experts. They don't they don't know. And it, and if they were told that from the organization, I have a hard, I have a hard time believing they're letting that out right now. I think it's if anything, it is smoke. Um, and I, I've just always been a big proponent of you bet you you draft the best player available. That's really a, been my opinion on majority of these NFL drafts I think it's the best way to go and most teams that do that are in a really good position um but the problem with this team is where they are with the two arguably the two most important positions in the NFL I feel like you almost have to either take offensive alignment or a quarterback in this draft at that spot and I know people are going to say well hell no because I, I don't know if a quarterback's worthy at this point but i will tell you what i will lose my shit the the first round in nfl draft if they draft a defensive player i really will like i don't think that's an option and i know i've seen mocks out there with that but where they're at right now i'm talking about where they're at right now with who they have currently on their roster they are not set up to go out and get a top defensive lineman they need to address the two positions they mentioned in their end and the season pressers quarterback and offense line until that is addressed they should not be looking at other positions in the first round at pick six that's just my personal opinion now question for you and a follow-up to that is if Evan Neal if Icky not even going to try to pronounce his last name anymore and if Charles Cross are not there at six? are you still comfortable with them? Are you comfortable with them you know reaching on a guy like penning or taking you know a sure you know the best center in this draft in Linderbaum?
2: yeah, I think that um in that situation the best thing for them to do would be to trade back um, with whatever offer offers they have on the table and then look at those guys because I think that they'll be there in the middle to late round of the first round. Um, so trade back would be my option. My number one option, if I'm sitting there and those three tackles are off the board and we have a quarterback that we got in free agency, um, I'm definitely looking at a trade back. But uh, if you're sitting there at six and you know, you got no trade back offers and the three, top three tackles are off the board and you're looking at reaching for pinning or, or lender I think I would feel more comfortable with Linderbaum there just because he is up. Uh, I mean, he's a, He's, he's a surefire pro bowler, but um, I would not be bad unlike you, at a Kyle Hamilton pick at six. If are uh, you serious, it, dude? Yeah, <laughs> if, if it came down to that, um, Kyle Hamilton is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he's gonna be a pro bowl safety for a long time, he's gonna be really good. Um, this team needs a safety, it, it needs an offensive line. This team needs a lot, but um. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the end of the but world. But even
0: where the, ro- like, I'm just saying, like, where the roster is now, obviously there's a lot going to change in frequency. You would seriously be comfortable right now if they drafted him?
2: Well, that, so, like, so like I said, that, that would be like the third or fourth option for me there.
0: That's if the top three tackles yeah. are gone. And, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So gotcha. the top
2: three tackles are gone, gone. You don't have a good trade back offer. And uh you're you're having to choose between Pinning and Linderbaum and Kyle Hamilton's still there. I would take Kyle Hamilton in that situation.
0: Interesting. See, I would I would go with I would go with Linderbaum. I seriously think that guy's gonna be like one of the best linemen in the long like seriously, he's gonna be really good. Like yeah. Ryan Khalil good at center. Um yeah. He,
2: yeah, he's gonna be good. I think
0: he's gonna be special. But again, it's like do you take a center at six? Yeah. I would be more comfortable if they traded back and got him, if, if that was a scenario. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I did want to go back quick. I'm, I wanted to mention this after we wrapped up um, the Mississippi State interview with Coach Miller. I was watching some tape on Cross last night. I watched a half from Alabama. I watched a half from the Texas A&M game. And then I also watched... Most of the game versus Ole Miss, just highlights of that one. But the first two I watched, the first two halves of each game, and there is no doubt that guy is a hell of a pass blocker. Like, mm-hmm. there is no doubt in my mind, he's a, he's a damn good pass blocker. It's hard to evaluate him in the run against the run or uh, blocking in the run game because they don't run a lot. It's like 80 20 percentage mm-hmm. of runs and passes.
2: Yeah, that's how And that
0: does, that does worry me a little bit um, with well, it because you well, don't get a lot of – you don't see a lot from that. You do – I mean, there are times where he does block and, and there are times he does well, and then there are other times where I feel like there's room for improvement. Again, I'm no expert. I'm just telling you what I see from the naked eye as a fan. And, but.
2: and, and to be fair, just because he doesn't run block a lot doesn't mean he's not good at it. It's just the way that the – Offensive scheme. Well, yeah, but it's hard
0: to evaluate you taking a guy at six when, you know, Matt Rule preaches that they want this team to be a you know, run. They want they want to focus on the run, thirty carries a game, and who knows if that changes with McAdoo coming in. But just I'm I'm not saying don't take him at six. I think he's really I do think he's good. I'm just telling you what I saw. And then another thing is a lot of teams defensively. Against them in college, they only brought three, three rushers because they had so many guys, or this air raid pass attack offense that they ran. There was only, uh, they would, the defense would put eight guys, uh, eight guys in coverage. So you only had three guys coming in against a, against five men on the line, which again, there's, you got some help there. You got double teams with the guards and stuff like that. Now I'm not saying this guy can't he's, I think he's going to be a good player and I would be happy with the Panthers taking him. I just wanted to offer my perspective because I did spend some time watching him a little bit yesterday. Um, But going now to let's, let's, let's go now to Adam Schefter this evening. He put this out this afternoon. I think it was actually, um, but Jimmy Garoppolo. This is kind of on the free agent front. Now he's expected to go under, uh, uh, go under, get sold shoulder. I cannot talk tonight. Am I drunk off this one beer? Like seriously, (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to undergo shoulder surgery. That would sideline him this, uh, until this summer. I think it's like July 4th or the week before he'd be ready to roll. Uh, according to Schefter, this is not going to impact his trade. Really, there's still a lot of teams that are interested. Bryson, I know you have this damn inkling that I don't like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on this?
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, to add to that inkling, um, there is somebody on Twitter that I follow. Um, I don't know if I want to give her give her away because it's kind of like a yeah. I source. saw this. <laughs> source for me um she was the one that pretty much called the cam newton thing before it even happened in carolina before even uh what's his name with um charlotte observer said anything about it she's she said that you know that carolina had been in talks with cam and that there's likely a meeting upcoming and stuff um i'll just say her name it's uh nat underscore nfl draft natalie miller she works for cat grave and fan sided um she she says that she has sources that are telling her that Carolina will make a very competitive offer for Jimmy Garoppolo, likely sometime next week. Uh, and I saw other things today that, that said that Garoppolo would likely be traded next week. Um, that, that the surgery doesn't really complicate that at all as of right now. Um, and she doesn't think that it will include the top, obviously the six pick. Um, but she, she says that her sources, uh, you know, are are high up in the organization, and that Carolina will make a very competitive offer for Jimmy Garoppolo, likely sometime next week. I I've just had this feeling that this is coming. I you know I, I don't I don't know if this is true or not. Like she she was right about the Cam Newton stuff. It so it better not be. I I kind of I, I kind of <laughs> tend to want to think this is true, and and like I've been saying for weeks now that I feel like that this was going to happen for Carolina. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo just feels like a, a Matt Rule quarterback. <laughs> uh, and uh uh yeah, um very competitive. Uh kind of makes me want to throw up because it makes me think of players and picks. And if you're trading anything more than like a fourth rounder next year for Jimmy Garoppolo, you're fucking no player better
0: be involved in this trade if this is the case. Seriously. That's that's except for case.
2: except for Sam Darnold. I'm not doing that trade. Oh
0: yes. Yes. I'm not exactly. I'm not
2: doing that trade at all if Sam Darnold's not involved. And I don't want to do it in the first place. So if Sam Darnold's not involved, then I'm fucking I'm hanging up the phone. I'm leaving the room. I'm doing whatever. what uh, would he
0: be if this guy's getting surgery and he wouldn't be ready till July. That's a lot of question marks to not have anyone else on the roster.
2: Well, uh, I'm not sure what Jimmy. Garfield plus, they're is.
0: paying him. Like they're going to. Panthers are fitting the bill at, at for something. of Sam Darnley, if they trade him.
2: No, not necessarily. Um, it's guaranteed money. So whoever team I, I, they would work out a deal. I guess with wherever he goes. But um, in those scenarios, most of the time, the team that trades for him pays them. So um, I don't yeah, know. What Bridgewater, Jimmy
0: Gar- they had they had to pay Bridgewater's money.
2: Yeah, that was uh, Some, his I contract. Guess. Yeah, his contract was was different than Darnold's is. Um, gotcha. It was like, yeah. Um, so I don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, contract looks like right now. I don't know. Uh, I really don't know what he's getting paid. So uh, it would be interesting to know, you know, if, if a trade had happened, you know, who's paying what, and if Darnold's involved, who, who they're taking on his salary and paying him. Um, I think that they would – because they have Trey Lance who you know who was a rookie this year and will be a you know his first time starter next season. Um, I think that Sam Darnold would be good for them in a backup world, just you know just in case as an emergency quarterback and uh, I could see them doing that swap with Sam in a whatever round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well,
0: what's interesting too is the 49ers reportedly were one of the teams that was interested in Sam Darnold last yeah. year. which is interesting
2: that is true so that adds even more uh even more flames to the fire so i I don't know yeah where there's smoke there's fire and this girl was right about the cam newton stuff i don't know if she'll be right about this or not but i would not be surprised i've felt this way for a long time jimmy garoppolo is probably going to be the panthers quarterback next season i if i had to guess if i had to put a percentage on it i would say like 76%, Seventy six percent. I'm I'm certain, like seventy six percent, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback for Carolina Panthers in 2022. How's that make you feel?
0: I'm just sitting on it for a bit because it's it's fucking crazy.
1: <laughs> I I I
0: I hate it. I do hate it. I will say this: the only silver lining in it all would be. A fourth-round pick at most. Yeah. That's it. And Sam Darnold for Garoppolo. That would mean Sam Darnold is no longer the quarterback, which he should have never been in the first place, and they're only giving up a fourth-rounder for him. Otherwise, they need to quit this. The shit doesn't work. Garoppolo isn't going to win this team a Super Bowl. He proved it in San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers are in a better position than the Panthers, and he couldn't get it done. Why the hell do they think it's going to work with Garoppolo? I'm tired of these reclamation projects with teams, and so many coaches try to do this. They think they can fix the fucking worst quarterback in the NFL and make them – I'll just jump into it because we're talking at quarterbacks – it's the same thing with Mitchell Trubisky. He didn't work out in Chicago. He's not going to work out anywhere else. Don't try and go out and get these shitty quarterbacks and try yeah. to fix them because it does not work. It does. They've tried this.
2: If you're going to take if, a chance on a quarterback, take a chance on a rookie. That is yes. what we've been preaching this whole offseason. You know, you, you've seen Mitchell Trubisky play. You've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play. The 49ers won in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. If they would have played Trey Lance, in the, it, it was the NFC championship game. Uh Yeah, the NFC change Mind you, this game. guy
0: still has, He has that thumb injury still And I get it And I'm sure it will heal over time But he's not getting He's not do, addressing that According to Schefter's reports He's not addressing that this offseason So that's still there I mean, if he re-injures that in the season I mean, you're that's looking way down the road But that's out there still Then you have a guy coming off shoulder surgery Didn't the Panthers get rid of a guy Who had issues with a shoulder A.K.A. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton to replace him with Bridgewater, to replace him with Darnold, and then to, to bring replace him, him with Cam. Now we're gonna go, and then they're <laughs> gonna go sign a guy now who's who's gonna have shoulder surgery and who couldn't take a team to the Super Bowl when he had two opportunities in the playoffs. But they think yeah. this guy's gonna save this team, like.
2: Yeah. And they didn't make the playoffs. Because of Garoppolo, they made the playoffs in spite of Garoppolo. So that's that Panthers fans would be like, Oh, he's he's a playoff quarterback. No, his team was a playoff team. They won from good coaching, a good defense, and a good run game. That's why they won Jimmy. He's Garoppolo better did, than Darnold. I understand that, but this is it's a slight upgrade. It's a slight, like yeah, maybe like a couple spots, a couple spots. Uh, it's not, um, yeah, he's better than Darnold, but like you say, if your, go- your goal as an organization should be to go to the Super Bowl and win playoff games, and Jimmy Garoppolo has proven that he can't do that. Do not trade for him. If, if they do, if the Carolina Panthers traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Rule is stealing his fate. Next season is his last season in Carolina, which really doesn't make me that mad, but I don't want to have to go through another season of watching my Carolina Panthers suck all year and lose fucking 12 games in a row to end the season, what, whatever the hell it was. It was ridiculous. And I'm just – I don't want to do that. If we're going to take a chance on a quarterback, take a chance on a rookie. Draft Malik Willis. He's going to be the best quarterback out of this class and take him at six.
0: Yeah, going back, the cap hit on uh, Garoppolo, according to spotrack is 26-9. So 269. so 26000000 yeah. almost 27. This year, which isn't terrible. Um,
2: yeah, they would have to take Darnold in any trade, any any quarterback trade. The uh, the other team is going to have to take Well, You
0: think they? They? I would honestly, I would almost think they would because, again, the ties from last year and who now, there's questions that if Trey Lance is ready to roll or not right now, like this year, yeah. like he's even. It, I feel like he's taking longer than most people expected. So, I just hope I hope Washington takes him. I, I hope Garoppolo goes to Washington or Garoppolo goes somewhere else, and, and Trubisky goes somewhere else because I just get just stop this shit. The Band-Aid quarterback fixing is just it not it does not it hasn't worked. And I get it; everyone's going to point to Matthew Stafford last year, but Matthew Stafford is. Me personally and I and I last year was I doubted him, but he is in another level between another level of Garoppolo and the guys we just oh
2: absolutely. Met. So yeah, absolutely. I mean Stafford was in Detroit throwing five thousand yards a season. Um, you know, one of the worst teams in the league for his whole career. He's obviously he just won a Super Bowl. Like you know, Matthew Stafford is is a good quarterback. Um Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback and they, it's a waste of time and money and effort. So what are you
0: saying if you would be satisfied if Darnold and a fourth rounder is that are you kind of on the
2: same page
0: are we on the same page with that or is
2: Yeah, I mean I guess but I wouldn't go that route. That's not the route I I yeah. would prefer my team to take. Uh I would prefer them to draft a quarterback like we've talked about but well, Holy um... shit, we agree on it. We agree
0: on it. A a route for quarterbacks <laughs> we haven't in the past so that's, that's what if good. it's
2: Darnold a second and a fifth no no I feel like it's it, uh, just the way she worded worded that very competitive offer I'd feel like it's going to be hired on the fourth I really do um if in in like uh shafter were saying there's still multiple teams interested yeah, the that's Panthers fine. are going to come have in as many as you want Take as reckless as hell and try to outbid people because they need a quarterback And they think that Jimmy Garoppolo is is their saving grace. I I could see it. Carolina Panthers just being reckless.
0: Oh, boy. Well, that's fun. Yeah, we don't even need to get in Mitchell Trubisky. We've already talked about him. But I I, he literally reminds me of the Sam Darnold of last year. Oh, Matt Nagy was the problem. He was the problem in Chicago. Trubisky was – R- 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 trubisky r- rose from the dead again and he's this next coming of quarterback again because buffalo saved him get out of here with that shit that's ridiculous um so let's just let's stop the talk on that because we'll, 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 i'm sure these next couple of weeks we're gonna get a damn clear picture of what's gonna happen so we'll see and Maybe you shouldn't re- you shouldn't have revealed that uh, source, but it is out yeah. there. I-, I saw it too. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know you had that sort of connection. But let's go. Let's go to um. Let's go to a guy who was supposed to become a free agent, but the Panthers signed him to a three-year deal. I think that happened since the last time we had our episode. But we, me and Bryson, both thought. Kudos to us. We both thought Thomas was going to be brought back. Yep. Um, probably not the money aspect we weren't thinking. I honestly didn't think it'd be a three-year deal myself. I thought it'd be maybe a one or two-year deal, but the Panthers are bringing them back for three years. I think it's 16 mil, eight mil guaranteed. I think I have that right.
2: Yeah, 16.5 with 18 or with eight mil guaranteed three-year deal.
0: So I think I thought I saw something the other day. He's, he'll be the 16th highest paid tight end in the NFL if mm-hmm. I have that right. Uh, Which that's, I mean, that's something we could debate ourselves. But anyway, there was a report that came out yesterday from Joe Person of The Athletic. And Ian Thomas, this past summer, was char or was arrested um, for, I believe it was five misdemeanors. Um, He took off from police. And was it South Carolina or was it North Carolina?
2: Uh, I think it was uh, North Carolina. I think I said Huntersville.
0: Yeah, Huntersville. Yeah, I think that's right. Huntersville. He was arrested in Huntersville. He was on a dirt bike, took off from police. I thought from what I read, I know people say he got caught. He was with another guy. on A, a guy was on a four-wheeler. He was on a dirt bike. Police tried to pull him over. I think their tags were out of date. And... Um, the guy on the four-wheeler took off. Ian Thomas took off. And then from what I read, Ian Thomas stopped and ended up going back and, and and things got sorted out. I think it was initially a felony, but they dropped it to a misdemeanor. I just want to get your thoughts on this after the Panthers. And the Panthers, according to uh, Joe Person, the Panthers knew about this even before this signing. So they knew about it when it happened in July Um, It kind of got swept under the rug. I I tried searching yesterday uh, to see if any of the Charlotte news stations covered this in July or August when it happened. I couldn't find anything personally. Um, So that kind of just got swept under the rug. I'm sure the Panthers did their due diligence to not get that out. Um, But what were your thoughts uh, on that news yesterday?
2: there's nothing more Carolina Panther than signing somebody to a contract. And then the next day he's being charged with five misdemeanors. So, uh, nothing's going to come of it. Uh, he's not going to get suspended from the NFL or anything like that. You know, he shouldn't run from the police, but if Alvin Kamara can beat the hell out of somebody, um, with no consequences so far, um, that, that doesn't mean they aren't coming, but, uh, there's just been way more egregious acts by these, by players in the NFL than Ian Thomas running from the police on a dirt bike. Um, I'm just not worried about that. And I think the Carolina Panthers weren't either like, obviously, like you said, they knew about it before they signed them. Um, The numbers, like you mentioned, uh, are a little high for me for a blocking tight end. Ian Thomas has not been involved in the offense ever since he got on the team, ever since he was drafted. Um, I think, making him the 16th highest paid tight end is not good. I was comfortable bringing him back on a minimum type deal. Um I mean he's got to prove to me that he's worth that much money and and he hasn't. Uh he he's he's a good blocker. He's improved his blocking in this time in Carolina, but he's just not an offensive threat really at all. And I I don't know if that's more quarterback play or if it's just he's not that great um catching the ball, or, you know, yak and all that. So I I was comfortable with A minimum deal, not this kind of deal. I feel like they ever paid for him. Um, And Tommy Trimble is is the offensive threat that we have at tight end. Um, So paying that for a blocking tight end is just really doesn't seem like a smart move to me.
0: I think it kind of forecasts what we're about to see with this offense. I feel like McAdoo Macadew style offense focuses way more on tight end than Joe Brady's offense did, and I feel like the contract is going is trying to in the future reflect that. Um, and that's where I, those numbers come in. That's my guess. Again, I agree. I think it was I think it was a little too much. Just to name off some of the guys that have contracts around similar to his deal. TJ Hawkinson, CJ. Uzma from Cincinnati, Nick Boyle, Noah Fant, Kyle Rudolph. So those are some of the guys I'm trying to look at what their details were of their contract. Um, Uzma was a three-year, 18 mil. Hawkinson, four-year, 19 mil. Noah Fant. The only reason why I know him, he was on my fantasy team. He was a four-year, 12 mil. So roughly $3 a year. Kyle Rudolph's another one comes to mind. Two year, twelve mil, so he's getting about six million a year. So just some guys to take take into consideration. I mean, if he comes out and you know puts up six seven six seven hundred yards receiving this year, I won't be too upset about it. I don't mind. I didn't mind them bringing him back. I felt like he was a decent blocker, and I think he has he shows signs of a pretty good catch ability. I mean, you look at last year, the one play comes to mind was the Sam Darnold fourth down and 10. We were at the game fourth down and 10 Minnesota Vikings and Darnold threw a 40 yard pass to him right down the middle. Uh, that kind of at least pr- provided us with some sort of excitement um, before they ended up losing in overtime. But I feel like he has flashes. I feel like, he can be a catching tight end. They need to use him more and they need quarterbacks who can throw them the damn ball. But it's just, there's a lot of questions because you had, you had Dan Arnold last year, like that trade still is you question because I felt like Dan Arnold was the one to keep around if you're going to keep anyone around, but you know, maybe they really liked, Ian's blocking ability. I mean, clearly they do. I think they think he's a better blocker than Tommy Tremble, and I feel like they think he can catch the ball. And I think McAdoo is going to utilize him more this year. But again, contract is another questionable one. And why is it done so soon? The timing of it is is interesting too. He's the set. What he's the second? I think the second free agent they've signed now. Right? Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Who is the other one? Who am I missing? Frankie Louvu. Yeah, Louvre is okay. And that one's understandable, but yeah. they, they, they didn't think they could have gotten this done in a couple of weeks and maybe they're, I don't know, this is weird. I don't know why they're, he was the second one to go, but we'll see. Maybe some of these guys aren't available. Who the hell knows? But just something interesting to discuss because, you know, we're just picking at straws here to figure out. And also I thought the timing of... This release was interesting um, for it to come out now. I feel like this, the, this report should have come out in summer by one of these stations. It should have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure teams do whatever they can to hide shit like this. So uh, I understand it. Well, I think that's going to do it. Um.
2: One, one quick thing, I want to shout out uh, the oh, new cool. voice of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he was uh, introduced today to the Carolina Panther Nation, um, Anish Shroff. Uh, he and Mick Mixon had a nice video that the Panthers put out. Um, he's going to be the new play-by-play guy for Carolina um, for the foreseeable future. So um, his, his Twitter is Anish ESPN. Uh, I don't know if that's going to change, but – uh, for now, that's what it is. Um, give a shout-out to him. He seems like a really cool dude. The video was really cool. Um, definitely has a football voice, and I'm excited uh, about him and his and him coming to Carolina. So,
0: Yeah, congrats to Anish. I know a lot of people were – the anticipation of who was going to fill that spot um, has been a pretty big talker online, and I'm glad they chose someone quick. And it looks – from all sounds of it, I kind of just – Skim the articles that were on panthers.com, but I feel like they found a really good guy and he's got a really great story. So I'm excited to hear his call. But before we go, we gotta we just briefly talk about this quick. I know we kind of touched on it last week. Combine this week, there has been some developments. It looks like Matt Corral is not gonna throw, so we will not see him throw until his pro day. He did not throw at the senior bowl that's kind of disappointing. I was hoping to see him at least this week thrown into some guys that are not his teammates. Mm-hmm. So would have been nice, but you know, guys make their own choices. That's cool. It is what it is. Um, but I'm excited to see Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Sam Howell um, throw in. I'm Be excited. Zap. I'm excited to see what, Measurement comes in for Kenny Pickett's hand. <laughs> yep. I'm curious, and I'm very excited. Um, Scott Fitter is talking to the media tomorrow. Matt Rule will not be, but uh, hopefully we get some sort of insight into where this team is headed. There's always some clues, but you know they're not going to reveal, reveal really anything. But you can at least get some sort of grasp on what's going on. So that'll be good, and. Yeah, it should be a good one. This is a big time for all the prospects. Anything you're looking forward to, Bryce, any guys we should be watching out for, anyone in particular you think we should keep No, an eye just,
2: on. just what you mentioned, I'm, I'm excited to see, can you pick its hand size, uh, watch the tackles, um, check our boy Charles Cross out, and, uh, and just watch quarterbacks throw. And um, like I mentioned last week, the 40-yard dash is always fun to watch. So um, just all around, I think it'll be – Fun. Uh, also, like you mentioned, listen to Scott Fitterer talk, he always drops some hints or clues. I don't think he's seems like very very good at keeping secrets. So, um, he, he I think he's just honest. Like he he's just like to a fault honest. And he he really doesn't like lying. So unlike the uh, the head coach in Carolina. Um, oh boy, here we so go. <laughs> yeah, I I think it'll be interesting to listen to Scott Fitterer talk and and just all around um have a fun event.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that, and I think I don't know. Let's see, it seems like Christmas tomorrow for that. I do. I look forward to that shit. That's because we don't get a lot between tomorrow and what happened at the end of the season. So you at least get some sort of insight. And I'm glad at least one's talking. You got. I mean, you got teams like the Rams who. I mean, no one's gonna be there. But granted, they don't have a freaking pick anyway. <laughs> they don't have they don't have a lot of picks. But it should be a good one. And we will be back next week. Hopefully, we get another good guest on. And we're trying to line some things up, so hopefully that happens soon. But let's get to our draft picks of the week. All right, Bryson. This week I am drinking I think it's this is Aviator Brewing Company. It's called Three Bones. Have you ever heard of it?
2: I think so. Show me the can. Yeah, I've seen that before.
0: Um it is out of man, I'm not going to try to pronounce that. It is in North Carolina. Fuque verina?
2: Yeah, Fu- Fuquay Verina,
0: Verena. Yeah. Verena. Fu- verina. Yeah. North Carolina. Where is that? Where the hell is that? Uh,
2: I couldn't tell you where it's at. <laughs> no clue. Well, anyways,
0: this is a Kolsch style ale. Um and three bones Kolsch is preferred by pirates everywhere. There you go. It's I honestly picked it out because it had a cool can it's that is literally the reason and i've never had this beer before i keep running out of options but yes this is uh three bones kolsch air kolsch style ale 5.2 percent alcohol it's actually pretty good i've kind of steered away from kolsch Style. i don't think i've had many beers like this before but it's it's, it's like a lighter beer um it's pretty good, and it wasn't too badly priced. I think it was like eight bucks for like six of them. So give this give this a try, or if you're ever out in, um, oh boy, Folkway Verina, if you're ever out that way, <laughs> Aviator Brewing mean, We need to get someone on here to tell us shit about North Carolina because I can't pronounce shit around here.
2: And and I'm drinking nothing. I am celibate tonight. Uh, I just didn't have time to go to the store, so. Um, Wow. I am drinking the Lord's nectar, uh, water. So um, great option. Drink as much as you can.
0: Well, look at you. Well, that is going to do it for tonight's episode of Panthers on Tap. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always...